your business plan isn't a one and done thing. It's not something you just do and then step away from, which a lot of people think of business plans in that way. This is something you're going to come back to every quarter. I teach you how to review your business plan every single quarter, kind of really be proactive instead of reactive in your business. So you're looking down the pipeline and saying, okay, this is coming up. What do I need to tweak here? What do I need to tweak in my operations and on and on? Hey there, and welcome to the Corporate Side Hustler Podcast. And I am your host, Lisa Rigoli, HR manager by day, Instagram manager by night, a wife and a mom of two beautiful girls. Now in 2014, I walked away from the dream job. I worked nine plus years to get to. And here's the deal. I said no to this opportunity because I knew in my gut, I no longer wanted to climb the corporate ladder, but I wasn't ready to leave the corporate world. So I created this podcast channel to support you busy women, to maximize your time while juggling all the things. Each week, my guests and I are sharing how you can attract, nurture, and connect with your ideal audience with intentionality without spending countless hours online. We get the struggle of the juggle, and we want to remind you that you can build and run a profitable side business while working your demanding day job. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, Bird. Welcome to the show. Hey, I'm so honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm so excited to have you because you invited me onto your podcast and now I get to have you on mine. So I feel like it's like girlfriends just reconnecting, catching up on life. (laughs) Yes, exactly. We had so much fun and this is going to be fun too. I agree. I agree. Would you mind just taking a moment and sharing a little bit about who you are and what you do and about your newest addition to the family? Yes. So I am Bird Williams. I am a business strategist. I've been in the entrepreneurship game for about eight years. I launched my first business. It's a gym here in Houston back in 2013. And I got so many lessons learned from that, that I love to share in my practice that I do now as a business strategist with new entrepreneurs as they're launching and growing their brands. So I love what I get to do. I have three little humans at home that I love so much. Terry is four, Trenton is two, and our newest addition is Reese Jael, and she is just five weeks. So it's really real over here, but it's been a lot of fun and nice to have a girl. So it's my first girl, and so we're super excited about it. I love that because you are, even though you've been in this space for eight years, my listeners can relate to juggling all of it, right? Because when you're also a mom and you're juggling humans on top of your business, it's just a lot. And every day is slightly different in how our family is going to show up and all that kind of good stuff. Yes. I have learned to give myself a lot of grace and also ask when I need help and know that, you know, it doesn't have to all be on me to have a team, to rely on my partner, my, my family, our community. That has been a game changer for me for sure. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I, I look back now because before Jay and I got married, I was living in Denver and I really was hesitant about moving back home and home for me is South Florida because I'm like, it's just, that's the past. But I am so grateful to be in Florida with these two girls and having the support of family. Because when they say it takes a village, it takes a village because I have learned fast that it is okay to ask for help. It is not a bad thing. And I'm so grateful. Like great example, my mother-in-law will be picking up both my girls tomorrow just so I can have a little bit of me time. So I, I love that. 
Oh, that is so beautiful. And I have a similar story. I was in New York working on Wall Street as an investment banking analyst. So I had this super sexy the exciting job and moving back home to Texas did not seem like what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to get into entrepreneurship and I knew I needed to really sow my roots somewhere. And that was home. And it, that was before I was even married or even had kids, but I'm glad I made that decision when I did, because I, I definitely would need it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So I'm curious, and I'm sure my listeners are curious as well. When we think about the topic for this episode what happened in your life or business eight years ago for you to be so grounded in helping other uh, businesses around business planning? Oh my goodness, Lisa. So we launched the league, like I mentioned, back in 2013, and we had no idea what we were doing. I mean, I had a background, sure, in business on Wall Street, but I mean, I'm doing IPOs and equity offerings, you know, nothing, nothing like small business. And my husband's, his background was in communication, and then he was a, a trainer all around uh, Houston in, in different studios. So he had the fitness background, I had the business background, but entrepreneurship was, was new. And so I just decided to build a model first. I knew that from my experience on Wall Street, trying to understand how the numbers would work. But when I presented it to actually a managing director at my job back in New York at the firm, she was like, you need to develop a solid business plan. And that was the first time that I really thought, okay, well, what does this need to involve? So having that vetted business plan, I am so sure it had a lot to do with the success of our, our business. So we launched the league in December of 2013. And in 2014, we had six figures in revenue. And that actually wasn't in the plan. We know that it would take off like that so quickly, but it did. And I think it's because we didn't just say, hey, we're going to wing it. We'll figure it out. We'll see what happens. We had this vetted business plan that we didn't just even create. We had our, our my, my managing director look at and tweak and say, have you considered this? And what about your marketing strategy and on and on to really show up powerfully and intentionally. And it has proven to be a great piece of the puzzle <laughs> in terms of our success. So as you're saying that, what I, what I want us to break down to, because I'm sure my listeners are hearing this and they're thinking, all right, well, I have a business strategy because I honestly, I've been guilty of this where I'm like, well, I have the strategy. I know exactly what I want to go after and where I want to go. And it's normally my husband that's like, okay, but what's the plan? Like, how are you breaking out the two numbers piece? How are you breaking out what you're outsourcing. And I'm like, ah, ah, and I almost like freak out a little bit. Cause I'm like, I thought I was so confident with my strategy. He's like, no, your strategy is great. But he's like, if you don't have the plan though, to keep you in place, it doesn't ensure that you have like kind of like the governing bodies of where you're going. Cause you just said, you just hit six figures. So, and it wasn't what you originally projected, but you at least have the foundation to keep you guys grounded. And that's what I'm hearing when I hear you say that. Absolutely. I think entrepreneurs, we're great visionaries. You know, we have these visions and we, we know the direction we want to go. We can get really excited. And, and sometimes it's to a fault because there's these bright, shiny objects that come, right? And they kind of distract us. But when you have a plan, you have a very thoughtful, and like I said, intentional guiding guideposts, you know, as to where you're going and how you're going to get there. And it helps you to be more aligned. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when they begin to feel burnt out or, or misaligned in their business, it's because they need to really go back to what is it that I'm setting out to do? What are my core values? Why am I here? Who am I serving? And then, you know, it can help really dictate how they show up. So when we think of that, I, I, knowing you, there's probably like steps or a framework 
that we should be thinking of? Oh yeah. Yeah. Help us. Like what should we be doing first? Okay. So there are four pillars in this framework and I go into detail in it. In my program it's called prove it plan and it's all about developing a strategic business plan. So the first is your foundation. So this is so important and it's where a lot of people will just skip over. Your foundation includes what I mentioned earlier, your core values, your purpose, mission, your vision, right? But also your team. This is some, some of the elements of what you would include in the foundational uh, section of your business plan. Your team is huge, right? We were just talking about your team before we, we started recording and how important it is to have that support. So not only asking yourself, you know, who they are and what their, their roles will look like, but also in the, in the program, we go into like knowing if they should be an independent contractor or an employee and what questions the IRS will ask. So in your business plan, you're, you're really kind of having to ask yourself these hard questions so that you're not finding it out later down the road and, and having to deal with the negative repercussion from not having thought through all of it, right? So it's a very holistic and dynamic approach to what you're doing in your business. So your foundation is so key. You also gonna wanna look at the phases of your business. So I'm just kind of pulling in different things. I'm thinking about what we talk about in the program. Another one is phases of the business. So a lot of times folks will come and they'll wanna do all the things. Like I wanna do this and this and this, and it's great, but you can't always do everything well at the same time. And you kind of have to kind of phase it out. So you can look at your business and say, okay, what is my goal in this phase? Maybe it's just to be profitable, or maybe it's to have six figures in profit or whatever it might be. And you say, okay, how do I, what do I need to have in place to get there? And then that will then unlock the future things, you know, the retreats I want to host that are in Fiji or whatever it is. Maybe you don't do that day one, but it's coming yeah. if you can stick to the plan, you know, and if you can really make sense of the direction that you're going in, if that makes sense. That does. And what I love too, is when I think of the fact that I'm still in corporate and as an HR director, we would not be able to drive our vision without having our core values established. We wouldn't be able to be the, the company that we are today without having that vision. And I take those principles into my side business. So I'm really glad that you're saying that hey, that's what that foundation is. Like, how are you bringing those principles into play? Because I do think that impacts how, what team members you bring onto your team, because if they're not aligned with your values, it's not going to work. So I love how you're blending the two of them of what do you want your, your company to stand for? And how does your team, or if, and even if it's you by yourself, but how do you embody that? So you stay true to the core. Yes, that is such a beautiful example. We actually just, I just left our gym. We we're hiring on a new operations manager and we talk so much about core values, even in the interview. And I think that's so important to start there because your team is is the, the, the heartbeat of your business, I say. It's so key that they are aligned there. And when you start to find that things are all haywire, it's often because you need to really go back to that foundation, right? So I love that you brought that up. Your core values will dictate what you post on social media, your marketing strategies, even how you run your your business like your operations so it's very key to really start there with the foundation as you're as you're you know navigating through your business plan okay okay i like it what's pillar number two pillar number two is your financial mm -mm -mm. <laughs> i laugh because this is the maybe the least exciting piece for a lot of people <laughs> a lot of the creators in my hand you can't see me but i'm like ah but yeah i'm not the one that's excited about it but i know it's needed so let's talk about it 
it's so needed because it really can tell you it's it's a part of like prove it right my, my program is called prove it plan but you can really prove it when you look at the numbers when we got ready to launch the league the first thing i did was try to figure out what could come in let me project the revenue and then what do we know might go out right and a lot of people get tripped up here because they're like well i don't know i don't know exactly what what it'll be but even if just you can have an idea when you start or at any point in your business if you haven't done this yet you know knowing an idea of where you are going to be so that you can make better decisions so for example one of my prove it plan clients she was planning on launching a business it was a very involved business and had a lot going on and she when we did this exercise realized oh my goodness had i launched with the capacity that i was planning on launching with i wouldn't have made it past year two but i can make tweaks now before i spend the money on all the things all the supplies and all the things to set myself up to have double the capacity because i know that's what i needed because I'm, i made the numbers make sense and i don't have to freak out in two years whenever it's not looking good if that makes sense so it's just important that you you just look at simply what's coming in um, and what's going out and it can help you understand if you need investment capital or if you're going to you know bootstrap what you need to really start if you're going to be doing a very involved marketing launch or a launch of a program or something and you need to see you know what that investment looks like you can lay it out there in your business plan because again i should i should mention this i haven't yet your business plan isn't a one and done thing it's not something you just do and then step away from which a lot of people think of business plans in that way this is something you're going to come back to every quarter i teach you how to review your business plan every single quarter kind of really be proactive instead of reactive in your business so you're looking down the pipeline and saying okay this is coming up what do i need to tweak here what do i need to tweak in my operations and on and on so i again as i was joking a little bit with you when you kicked this off that i'm someone that kind of cringes when I hear finance. And it's honestly because I'm just not a numbers person. Like the thought of really putting pen to paper of like what I should be doing, it's not been a big thing for me. But I am glad that you're touching on this because I want to say it was either my third or fourth year in business. And I remember when Jay and I were looking at my numbers, he was like, listen, he's like, I'm never going to scold you or make you feel less than, but he's like, you literally had a business to keep the lights on because you were spending money so fast for this course or this coach or this mastermind. And he goes without really a plan that you're lucky that you were profitable in the way that you were taking the way the clients were coming in, but because you had no plan, you basically just paid for the services. So, mm -hmm. and I share that in a vulnerable space of, it was that moment that I was like, okay, I got to get my act together. Like I have to start budgeting how I'm going to spend my team versus how I'm going to spend for development items. And it was really, really hard. And I'll be honest, it's still hard for me, but it was hearing him say it that way of you basically work to keep the lights on. But I was like, okay, that's not smart. <laughs> so I appreciate the way that you're explaining the financial piece. And I'm also geeking out because in your program that you have, I have to imagine that prove it to plan you have like Excel spreadsheets that helps people keep things or <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I was excited to bring it up. Yes. And I am 
I guess I'm the opposite. I'm, I'm a numbers person. I love Excel. I geek out over Excel. I'm in Excel in my free time. Like that's what I do for fun. That's amazing. So yeah, I have spreadsheets there where it's so easy. I actually hired a guy on Fiverr to make it even better and, and easier uh, for, for folks because, you know, what I thought was easy in, in Excel, I found that as people were in the program, not everyone loves Excel as much as me. Shocker, right? <laughs> so I got someone to really make the, those spreadsheets super dynamic where you can just really plug in, okay, these are the, the inputs and then it actually just outputs for you on a separate tab. So yes, I equip you because I, I really want you to succeed. I really want you to win. So yeah, we, we definitely have, we, we hook it up in the program for sure. And I love that. I, again, I may not be a numbers person, but I'm definitely a spreadsheet gal. I just love it because it's organized, it's structured. So I love it. What's the third pillar? The third pillar are your operations. And again, this is a, an area where a lot of entrepreneurs can kind of just look over and not really pay much attention to you. But man, when you talk about scale, it's really getting the operations tight, right? Those systems, the technology, the tools in your business. So we talk about all things operations, how your business runs, the SOPs that you put in place. There's a whole module on that. Again, how your team kind of works together. This is so important again for scale. Folks ask me all the time, how do you have a gym business and you have your business strategy firm? And my husband and I are doing a whole bunch of other stuff. How do you do it all? Well, a lot of it has to do with the fact that the league, my first business, it's a well-oiled machine. I don't have to spend tons of time in that business anymore because I've created the systems and put the tools and all of the things in place so that it can run really well. And so that's what we cover in the operations module. Okay. So a little story time. I... Again, it's so funny how I, everything you're talking about reminds me so much of the structure my listeners can relate to from their day job, right? Because all of, we get best practices, we get SOPs, all that kind of good stuff. And I will honestly say that when I was hearing it so much in the entrepreneurial space, I was like, really, do I need an SOP? Do I really need any foundation to help from an operations standpoint? And the answer is always going to be yes, because Every time I've onboarded someone, I've been able just to hand over the SOPs. And I'll actually use a current situation where my original VA went on maternity leave. And right now she's decided that she's not going to come back in the entrepreneurial space for quite some time, which I love her. I support her in that. But I was like chomping at the bit to find someone who can be behind the scenes because I have two little ones and I have a day job and the side business. And I found someone that's like, well, I only talk in Slack. And my first thought three years ago would have been, well, that's not going to work. I need to have like hours upon hour calls with you to make sure that you know exactly everything that's working in my business. I'm like, okay, no worries. I'll send you over one Word doc that I have that has all the videos, Loom videos of SOPs and things of that nature. And I, when I say she started on a Monday, and was already doing some of the things by 4 p.m. Monday afternoon. It was easy and such a relief for me that I was like, why haven't I done this sooner? Because she is literally like, oh, I watched the video, I'm good. And I'm like, SOPs are my way of life forever. Girl, yes. And to anyone listening, you might think, well, I'm just a solopreneur. I'm not gonna be hiring for so long, but 
you have to remember that you come into entrepreneurship, you're doing what you're doing because you want that flexibility and freedom, right? And fulfillment in that way. And a lot of times that is, is taken away because you're trying to do all the things in your business. So I'm always encouraging my clients when it makes sense financially, because you've gone through the spreadsheet and figured it out. As soon as it makes sense to hire someone onto your team so that you can begin to outsource those areas that are not your core competency. And when you do that, already having those SOPs set up is going to make it so much easier. That's how you actually scale. And I'm sure any entrepreneur can name something that they're doing right now that they would love to hand off. Well, it's going to be so much easier to hand off when you have your operations tight. So I love that you brought up that example. Thank you for saying that because I think listeners, I hope you heard that. If it's just you, know that there is going to be a point in your business where you will outsource or you will decide to scale. And you'll thank us later that you had this in place because it's hard when you're doing it in the moment. And when you're doing it along the way, it doesn't feel as time consuming. Yeah. All right. Bird hit us with the fourth pillar. The fourth pillar is marketing. And I intentionally leave it to the end because it's what everyone wants to do in the beginning. When people come to me with new business ideas, it's, hey, Bird, I am launching XYZ business, and this is my Instagram handle, and this is my website, and here's my logo. And all of that is incredible. Marketing is so important and crucial. But you want to make sure that you have those other pillars lined up as well because it's going to really dictate what happens if you crush your marketing. You bring so many people into your business, but you don't have the numbers right. It's going to be, oh, well, you're just covering your expenses. You're not actually profiting. Or you don't have your operations in place. Well, now you're showing up poorly to these clients that you brought in through marketing efforts because you don't have your SOPs or you're, you're dropping the ball here and there because you, you don't have your templates set up or whatever it might be. So, or you're bringing a lot of people in and then you're just really misaligned because you didn't actually do that foundational work in the beginning. So I say all that to say, that's why I leave marketing to the end, but it is the fun, sexy part, right? So this is what we talk about your ideal client and, and where they are in the world and how you show up and meet them where they are and how to really not only identify them, but then understand them more and more and how that looks like over time. We talk about actually developing a marketing strategy and that's not just social media. It's not just email marketing. It's really thinking about, again, going back to the foundation, your core values and your vision and where you're trying to go and creating a marketing strategy based on that. And yeah, all the fun marketing stuff. So that's definitely a very fun pillar and then we leave it to the end. And the cool thing is that if you've gone through this process, you're like answering all these hard questions, right? Because you, you're having to make it all make sense. It's like if you start off saying, oh, my team is going to just, I really just need a VA. But then as you begin to think about your operations in module three, it's like, oh, okay, actually I need to hire a copywriter. Or actually I need to hire someone else onto my team to really make this happen. So you're refining your business throughout this process of developing the business plan. That's the whole point of it. And then, like I said, each quarter you're going back and you're saying, okay, the marketing strategy we had in Q2 was X, Y, and Z. What worked? What didn't? You know, what do we need to tweak to move forward? And then you you decide on what you're going to do in that next quarter and you go on, on and on like that. So that, that's the fourth pillar. 
I, I think you're spot on. It's the, it's the fun one that we all want to lead with first. And it goes back to what I was sharing in the very beginning is that I would go to my husband talking about strategy and he was talking about plan. And this is what I mean by strategy. I was like, well, I know exactly who I want to target. I know exactly how I want to do it on social media. And he's like, yeah, but what's the plan? And I love that you're ending it here because I think this is a, it's also a great way. Like you've done the work, right? You've done the hard part. Now let's end on the fun piece where the foundation set now it's about putting it out there in a way that feels good and you're going to have confidence because you now have the foundation you now have the financial understanding you now have the operations let's now get to it yes absolutely you i couldn't have said it better all of that <laughs> it's so fun it's such a reward at the end to really show up to the world in the way that you want and that feels right and true to you and and know that you're being targeted, you know, you're reaching the people who you need to serve and doing it in a fun way. So absolutely. I love it. So for my note takers out there, just a reminder, these are the four pillars and these are also the pillars that make up birds program, which is prove it to plan. The first pillar is the foundation. So it's all about core values, vision, your team. The second pillar is all about finances. So really understanding your numbers from what you want to bring in to what you're going to be taking out. And then operations is the third pillar, which is building strong SOPs. So that way, you know, exactly some of the core things you're doing in your business. And if you have a team, it allows you to hand it over and have a smooth onboarding. And then we're going to end with the fourth pillar, which is marketing, where you're having fun really diving into who you're serving and how you're going to share that on any social media platform of your choice. Bird, like I am seriously so blown away because I love a fun framework that's super easy to understand and follow. Uh, and I'm just grateful for you sharing this knowledge with us. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. I am curious, I'm sure my listeners are curious too, how, what's the best way to get them connected with you so that way they can get to know you better and potentially even sign up for the Prove It to Plan? Yes. So the best way to connect with me really is just birdwilliams.com. If you go there, you'll see my social links, you'll see access to my podcast, which is Bird Means Business. And if you are on Instagram, you can follow me at heybirdwilliams, and I would love to connect with you there. We'll make sure to keep those handles and links at the bottom of the show notes. Uh, please link up with Bird. She is just as easy to talk to in the DMs as she is on this podcast. Like what you're getting is real deal stuff right there. And Bird, one of the things that we're doing that's a little bit different and fun on this channel is that we're ending on a would you rather. So I would love to know, I'm sure my listeners would as well, would you rather be without the internet for a week or without your phone? Ooh, that is a good one. Hmm. I would say without the internet, because while I couldn't access, access some of the things on my phone, I could still like take pictures and access my calendar and things like that. It would be tough to go a week without the internet, but I think I would prefer to have my phone. <laughs> it's funny. That seems to be a common response right now. And one of the things I was sharing too, is that I, I literally will leave the house and it's like almost an anxiety attack of like, okay, wait, where's my phone? Like where it's like almost an extension of me. So to your point, I think I could handle not having the internet, but at least knowing that the phone's nearby because you can still call out an emergency number without internet. And to your point, which you, you landed on the fun part, you can still take photos without the internet and you can capture <laughs> <Exactly>. the <phone. laughs> I can still take photos of my little kids. Exactly. 
Uh, Bird, it's honestly been such a pleasure and I appreciate you just joining us and gifting us with all of your knowledge. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, here's what I want you to do. Take a quick screenshot of you listening to the Corporate Side Hustler podcast and upload the image to your Instagram stories and tag me in it at the Corporate Side Hustler. I would love to hear from you and connect with you on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you the same time next week. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye for now.